All right, where are my Costco lovers at? Yeah, Costco's great, isn't it? Uh, you, you know, the running joke with Costco is that it's impossible to go in there without spending at least $100, which, which really is, is not that difficult because they sell everything in bulk. Like when you shop at Costco, you aren't buying stuff for a day, you are buying stuff for a month minimum. And it's places like Costco that make our text seem strange and somewhat metaphorical. Uh, if you're just joining us, we are about halfway through our series on the Lord's Prayer, which we find in Matthew 6, 9 through 13. And we are working through this prayer line by line to discover how Jesus instructs us to pray, how we ought to talk to God. And I hope that you've picked up that the words we pray are never severed from the life we live. The words we say, whether they are words of adoration, submission, petition, they, they all flow out of how we relate to God. And tonight we are looking at the section of the Lord's Prayer that all of us pray quite naturally. Lord, please give me fill in the blank. We call this uh, petitioning God or, or making our requests known to him. It's something that we do quite easily, but I wonder if we do it effectively. And so tonight, from our text, I want us to look at petitionary prayer. How do we bring our requests to God? And we're going to look at three things from our text. I want us to look at the principle, the problem, and the practice. Principle, problem, practice. So the principle of petition or petitionary prayer. So Jesus instructs us in verse... 11, that we should ask God to give us our daily bread. What is that? Well, bread is kind of a catch-all for food, and daily is just what you would expect it to be for that day. Uh, see, in Jesus' day, many, many of the workers were not paid bi-weekly or monthly. They were paid daily. And so if you got sick for a week, you were in a world of hurt because you went from having plenty to having nothing. And so that society really created a lot of anxiety. Where will my food, where will my, my basic needs come from? How will they be met? And the point Jesus is trying to get across is that they simply should ask God for it. Um, they should be dependent on him. But as we've already noted, that's not, that's not really our situation, is it? Uh, I'm assuming that, that none of us woke up this morning wondering where our food is going to come from today. But there is a principle behind this give us today our daily bread that applies to all of us. The point Jesus is trying to get across is that we are all dependent on God for everything. And I don't just mean that materially. Uh, much of what you have is passively received. You, you didn't do anything to accomplish it. Uh, let me give you an example. Right now, my son Theo is obsessed with height. Uh, he's a couple inches short of riding all the big kid rides at Cedar Point, and his greatest desire and wish is to someday be as tall as dad. Um, now, what can Theo do to make that happen? Well, according to the internet, he can eat right, get plenty of rest, and exercise. 
But the reality is there's really not a lot he can do to make himself any taller. It all really comes down to genetics, right? Someone outside of him has determined how tall he's going to be. And that really boils down to a lot of things that is true of your life. Your athletic prowess, your academic excellence, the school you attend, your nationality, the time period you live in, all of these things you are dependent upon someone else for. And that too would be a source of great anxiety unless you've been paying attention the last few weeks. Because the one that we are dependent on greatly loves and cares for us. Uh, James, the brother of Jesus, puts it like this in James 1.17. He says that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. It's, it's this God, our, our heavenly Father, that we are dependent on. And Jesus is saying that we should bring our request to him. He goes so far as to say we should ask anything in his name, and it will be given to us. So the principle is this. Because we are dependent on God, we should present our request to him, and he will provide for us. Or as Jesus puts it in Matthew 7, 7 through 8, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. But as great as that sounds, that probably hasn't been your experience. Which tells me that there is a problem in the way that we petition. Part of the problem is the content of our petitions. Uh, maybe, maybe you've prayed like something, something like this before. You, you believe that God loves you, and so you say to him, God, I know I didn't study for this test, but I really need an A. And so if you could, if you could just please help me get an A, that would be great. Oh, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. You go in, you take the test, and you get a C-, minus, which is fine, but it's not an A. And, and you think to yourself, what gives? You said, if we ask whatever you ask anything in your name, that you'll give it to us. So where is my A? And when we come to God with, with this expectation, we, we aren't praying to a heavenly father. We are summoning a genie. Like in Aladdin, if you have accepted Jesus as your savior, you have access to phenomenal cosmic power. And whenever you need something, you think you can just whip out your lantern, you say a prayer, and voila, your wish is granted. And the best part is, you aren't limited to three. But God is not a genie or a vending machine. Uh, this is not a formula where you add in Jesus' name to your request, and you instantly get what you ask for. Rather, when we're told to ask for things in Jesus's name, it means that we are to ask for things that are in line with God's will. Remember, we, we pray your will be done before we ever get to give us our daily bread, which means that your request to win the lottery or other outlandish things probably aren't going to happen. But that can't be the problem all the time, because sometimes we actually find ourselves asking God for good things, selfless things, things that seem like they would be in line with God's expressed 
will for us. Before I was born, my, uh, my grandma went in for what was supposed to be a routine gallbladder surgery. Uh, some stuff happened, there were some complications, she ended up developing an infection. Uh, and so my mom, being a rather young believer, knew exactly what she should do. She started praying that God would heal her, uh, that, that he would heal the godliest woman she knew, the woman that helped lead her to the Lord. And she died uh, from an easily treatable preventable infection. And that rocked my mom. And you see why, right? Because, because here was something that should have fit into God's will to bring healing to one of his own people. And yet that prayer seemingly went unanswered. And I wonder if perhaps you have experienced the same thing. Perhaps you have prayed for something that seems so in line with what God talks about in Scripture, so confident that he'll answer that prayer. He didn't. And that's the real problem with bringing our requests to God. Whether they be small, insignificant platitudes like bless this food or give us a good night's sleep or the big life-changing stuff we really aren't convinced that he's going to come through and answer it for us. Because time and time again, we have asked and gotten nothing. We have sought and didn't find. We have knocked, and it seems like there's no one home. So how in the world are we supposed to practice petition when we aren't even sure if anyone's on the other line? But we can actually be confident that God not only hears our prayers answers them because of Jesus. Did you know that there's actually a really good reason why God shouldn't answer any of our prayers? Uh, King David points out in Psalm 66, 18, that if I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. And realize that's all of us. Cherishing iniquity in our hearts refers to our, our status of being enemies and rebels against God. And the last time I checked, you don't grant friendly requests of your foes. See, there's only one person who should have had their prayers answered, and that was Jesus. Jesus is the only one who has never cherished iniquity in his heart. And yet, on the night he was betrayed, Jesus beseeched God and said, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He petitioned God, and yet his prayers went unanswered. His prayers were given the rejection that our prayers deserve, so that in him, our prayers might receive the reception that his deserved. That's why we can be confident in Christ that God always responds. Now, the Apostle Paul puts it like this in Romans 8.32, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? God always answers your prayers and always answers them in the affirmative. Here's how that plays out. When we bring our request to God, we can be confident in this, that he always answers us in one of two ways. God will either give you what you asked for, or God will give you what you would have asked for if you knew everything he knew. 
Let me say that again, because it's very important. Because of Jesus, God will always answer you by either giving you what you ask for or by giving you what you would have asked for if you knew everything that he knew. And with that in mind, here's how we can petition God. For starters, tell him what you want. Be honest with him. Make your request known to him. He tells us to do that. But don't just tell him what you want. Tell him why you want it. Make your case. Not, not to argue, not to try to persuade God, but it actually checks our motives of whether we should be asking for these things in the first place. So make your request known to God. And then second, confess that God knows best and that if he wills differently, that you believe that is best. And that last little part is very difficult to pray. Impossible even, unless you are convinced that God will provide for you. See guys, here's the glorious point. If Jesus is your savior and king, your requests never go unanswered. You can be confident that your father in heaven will always in fact give us our daily bread.